Now, why, oh, why would you make Macho Man my ringtone? Because, because when I hear that song, I think I think of you, how how a manly macho man you are. <laughs> you sure you don't think I'm a member of the village people? Honestly, I was at a wedding this weekend, uh-huh. and um, they played Macho Man uh-huh. instead of the standard YMCA. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there thinking, this would make a good ringtone, but I got to do something to it. <laughs> so adding Macho Man's Oh Yeah at the beginning. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, yeah. So my cohort here, my sidekick. <laughs> sidekick? <laughs> walks in. He says, oh, I got a ringtone for you. Well, what is it? I can't tell you. You can't hear your own ringtone. I'm calling you. Well, I call him. And the bastard got my ringtone set as Macho Man by the YMCA. But it starts out with a, oh, yeah. <laughs> love it. It's fucking great. I love that I know how to do shit in Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> great little program, yep. isn't it? <laughs> That's how we do all of this. Mm-hmm. I heard a funny news story. It also reminded me of you. What? Well, not funny. Not funny, haha. but the comments in the news story were hilarious. Okay. Uh, Seattle Music Festival was going on. All and right. And the bass player noticed somebody sketchy in the crowd. <laughs> so he jumped off the stage, and turns out the guy had a gun. Okay. The bass player did get shot in the thigh, and uh, but the guy you know, got apprehended and arrested and everything else. So, so why does that remind you of me? Well, you're a bass player. But the comments were not about this bass player hero. We're not about, you know, what, you know, how, how, one. No, it's all about bass jokes. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's like a meme I posted and I, I tagged Chuck and Earl and a few other people in it. Um, like Chad, the mm-hmm. bass player for uh, Deprived. I, ch- I tagged a few people in it and it's like. It's a monkey with a giant smile on his face, and it's the bass player for a lifetime after receiving one compliment. <laughs> we are the forgotten children of of music. We I really mean, there, are. There are, I mean, and I wanted to go into the comments and kind of say, you know, hey, what about Lemmy? What about Les Claypool? What about Getty Lee? Who? Anyway, ba- but I wanted the- I wanted to go in there, but it was like, I it was like one of those that you know my my little you know penny on the side of the seesaw wasn't going to stop the tub of lard that was on the other side. So what are you trying to say? I wanted to defend bass players, but I could not. Uh, All you you have to do to to defend every bass player in history is put up one picture of Lemmy. Well, yes. Technically. Argument over. Well, sort of. And I found out he was an ABBA fan. Yeah. I did not. I did I. Oh, you know what? Nothing surprises me about whenever you hear about Lemmy. No. Absolutely nothing. Nope. Lem, Lem was one of a kind. You know. But yeah, that's, those are the two. That was the interesting. <laughs> I, when I when I heard the, the Macho Man, I was like, I know who I'm doing this for. And you know, I had to download Macho Man. I don't have any village people on my computer. No, you hide that. Well, I have the village people album. And then I have, are you ready for this? I have an album called Sounds Like the Village People. It's not the Village People. It's a band that sounds like the Village People, and they put out an album. Is it Village People covers? Yeah. I mean, that's a fun oddity. Yeah, I, I guess. 
You know, I mean, a band that sounds exactly like a different band. You could just go out and buy the Village People. Well, yeah. You don't got to buy a Village well, People cover band album. Well, that's the whole idea, like the whole concept of the tribute band. Yeah, but they didn't even come up with a catchy name. Right. You know, like every other tribute, you can kind of figure out who they are by their name. Cold Gin, obviously Kiss. Right. You know, um, I'm drawing a blank. I, I know there's other ones out there that like, you know, are tribute, and you can tell by their... Like, Bark a, at the Moon. Yes, that's obviously... Livewire. Okay, they would be... ACDC. Right, gotcha. <laughs> and Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells. Yes, yeah, but it's like, you just named your band Sounds Like the Village People. Right. <laughs> you couldn't up with a catchy name. I think, you know, I was. At, it's funny that you bring up tribute bands, because I was kind of thinking about tribute bands today. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I was driving alone in my car. Um, driving in my car. Um <laughs> Never mind. And I was, I had a very bad morning, so I was just kind of letting my mind drift with the music. Yeah. And what kind of tribute band would I ever want to form? Oh, wow. Yeah. I've often thought about doing it. I've thought about that as well. And I've come up with some really eclectic ideas of tributes I would like to do. Oh. One, the Misfits. Okay. Because it's the Misfits. You can't go wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Two, Motorhead. Oh, yeah. But you would have... It's it's hard to do Lemmy justice. It really is. It's hard to do Lemmy justice. And oddly enough, another one I was thinking that I, that might be kind of well, actually, for me as a as a musician and specifically a bass player, would be fun to do is a Queensrÿche tribute. That'd be difficult. Eddie Jackson's a hell of a bass player. Well, not only that, I mean, they just have a very wide array. Yeah, of and, of music all over the place. Oh yeah, and trying to find somebody that can do Jeff Tate's vocals mm-hmm. is that would be the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, take Queen's right part, you know, a part member by member. Scott mm-hmm. Rockenfeld's a great drummer. Um, uh, Chris DeGarmo and Mike Wilton are both great guitar players, you know, shredding, yeah. ripping ass guitar players. Eddie Jackson's a hell of a bass player. And Jeff Tate is Jeff Tate. Yeah, that's... Queen's right uh, tribute band would be very difficult. Plus, I think... I sometimes think Queen's Rex's a little even niche in like the a bit. Yeah, because everybody loves Mind Crime. Yeah, and everybody loves Empire. Yeah, well, most of Empire. Yeah, well, but, I mean Silent Lucidity. Yeah. And but then you you go back to like Queen of the Reich. Right. It's like people don't really listen to that stuff. Right. Yeah, it's like they know two albums. Yeah. They they know Mind Crime and they know Empire. Yeah. Even QR uh what the hell was the one after Empire? QR no, not QR three. That was uh, that was that was the one where there was really it was a almost like a tri- like a very American one. Yes. If I remember right. Yes, that one actually came out while I was stationed mm-hmm. in Panama. I remember buying it. Yeah. Um, that's the one with uh, Sign of the Times on mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. Uh, Bridge, a lot of good stuff on the record. Yeah, but it's like um. Uh, commercially, they peaked with Empire. Oh yeah, most definitely. I, I don't. Well, oh yeah. Well, I thought Empire seriously was. It wasn't. Well, it's never been my favorite album. It was like 
that was like where the decline for me kind of was. And I loved Empire, Jet City Woman, like those kind of songs. I hated Silent Lucidity. It was a very non-Queensryche type song. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful song. It it is, it is. But I think I think I probably with most stuff around that time, I heard it too much. Yeah, I mean, it was over, it, it was overplayed. Yeah. Now, was the lady wore black on that one? Or no, no, the lady wore black is actually on the self titled EP. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, actually that's the first song Queensrÿche ever wrote together. Yeah. I mean, I love their I love their early stuff up to Mind Crime Empire was like it's uh. There was at that time in in our lives that things were just turning, and that was also the dawn of grunge. Around that, yeah the the week the week that grunge came around, right? <laughs> um, what did you think of uh, Mind Crime Two? Didn't like it. Didn't care for it. I, I mean, it's musically sounds good, yeah, but I don't like the fact that they tried to just re almost not rewrite the story, but almost like chapter to it, right. Uh, one nice thing though is uh, the addition of Ronnie James Dio as mm-hmm. Professor as uh, Doctor X. Yeah. All right. Uh, in fact, I listened to the whole Mind Crime album today. Nice. On the way back from oh, Scranton. Love that album. Me too. Who killed Mary? I thought it was the the guy. Um, Nikki didn't kill her. I thought Nikki did. Uh uh-uh. uh Because he he told her kill Mary, kill the priest as well. Right. But then remember during Sweet Sister Mary, he goes and goes to see her. Yeah. Um, and he leaves. I thought that's when he killed her. No. Um, the the part of it, uh, the part of the song, I've no more one of any shame, bind my hands like fire and flames, burn my thighs, spread sacrificial mm-hmm. right, hell and altar burns my flesh once more tonight, and da-da-da-da-da. At the end of it, um, Nikki says, uh, uh, damn, now I'm trying to remember the lyric. There's one thing left to see. Will it be him or me? There's one more candle left to light. Hmm. And that's when Nikki leaves. And then when he comes back during, uh, uh, can't remember the name of the song, but before breaking the silence. Yeah. Um, before the song breaking the silence, that's when Nikki's wandering the streets and when he gets arrested um, is, bra- is breaking yeah. the silence. He finds Mary dead with a rosary around her neck. I thought I always thought Nikki Nikki killed her. No, I th- I always thought it was suicide. Hmm. I always thought Nikki killed herself, or not Nikki. Uh, sw- uh, yeah, Sister, Sister Mary killed herself. That was always my take on it. Yeah, I honestly I never gave too much thought to it. I mean, I mean, I love uh, the storyline of itself was like you know kill a priest, and, and well, okay, and, well, it starts out. More than just a priest. It starts out with well, yeah. Nikki taking down political figures yeah. and religious leaders and, you know. I always like the, the, the hospital imagery. First off, the nurse wearing high heels. Funny. but Yes. <laughs> because I, yeah. And it's like I you can get that imagery of her walking through the halls and shuts the TV off and, you know, loads them up with the morphine yep. or whatever it was. and Perhaps you need another shot. Yeah. Sweet dreams. You, you bastard! bastard. <laughs> it's like, but but that those high heels clicking through the hallways. Yeah. it's like I was like, I've never seen a nurse wear high heels. I think a nurse would kill a person if they were high heels. Yeah, um, but it's such a great record. Yeah, such I, a great record. Probably, probably my favorite concept album of all time. Yeah, though it's one that from front to back you can say is a 
Is that, but I love King Diamond stuff. Oh, but, yeah. But you can really listen to some of that stuff out of order. Yeah. And it's not really going to matter much. Uh, listen to a song like... Um, but when you listen to Mindcrime front to back, you get the whole story. Yes. And it works. And that that is probably the one that everybody, when they say concept... Uh, sadly, they, they say, oh, I'm doing a concept album. You're going to get compared to Mindcrime. Yes. And it's a high bar. It's a it's a nearly impossible bar because mm-hmm. uh, Mind Crime's just that good. Yep. Um, I mean, King Diamond did some great stuff too. Like oh, the, yeah. whole, the whole them saga. Yeah, was fantastic, and the whole Abigail saga is it's it's great stuff. Yeah, but it's really hard to capture something as brilliant front to back as Mind Crime. I think it, I think probably was the sketches in between too, because you got like a cohesive storyline. Yeah, you know, kill her. Yeah, the, that's the, all you. The have phone, to do. the phone ringing. Yep, it's mind crime. Yeah, <laughs> yep. But then you get professor. You hear the window, professor, uh, doctor. I keep thinking professor. Yes, yeah. and it kind of works because the guy has a British accent too, but it's not Patrick Stewart. Yeah, kill her. That's all you have to do. Kill Mary. Yeah. She's a risk. And get the priest as well. <laughs> and that... <laughs> yep. Such a fantastic record. Which, at the time, Power Windows was a sign of luxury. <laughs> yeah, it was. A sign of lux- luxury. Yeah. It's like, you got Power Windows? Wow. <laughs> you got Power Locks, too. <laughs> it's just strange how, like, you know... The, uh, things shift so well and like you know yeah. in, in your heads it's like but like you get those images and well mind crime was 89 90 mm-hmm. yep yeah it, i mean but going back even before mind crime you and i were both fans of queens right before oh, yeah. that i i i i the prophecy was i think my introduction to queens right mine was uh uh ha ha when uh when my mom was still uh, b- before my before my uh, before my stepdad. Okay. Uh, ma- ha- ha- I won't say I won't say his name out loud. Um, but uh, one of his bandmates at the time brought the first EP. Okay. Over to the house, and fucking mind blowingly good. Mm-hmm. I mean. And it was. It sounds like it. Like if you listen to it now, the production sounds very dated, and very oh, yeah. low rent. It sounds like it was done on a Tascam four track. You know, uh, especially Scott Rockenfeld's drums. Sometimes I think there's more appeal to those though. In in a way, yeah. I mean, I I think the production of Kill 'Em All in my ears is better than Hardwired. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like just that you can't. You can't synthesize raw. No, you can't. You know, and and that I think is a lot of the early ones had. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you can't. The early music had that. You can't they, fake raw. They they they, they couldn't. Do, and the Misfits, they were the like, they were always everything was raw. Black yep. flag. Black flag. You know, I would have loved to have been to have been able to sit in the studio with Black Flag, mm-hmm. like when they were recording Damaged. Yes. That would have been amazing. <laughs> you know, to to sit in the to sit in a room with Robo and Greg Ginn and Chuck Dukowski 
and Henry Rollins while they're tracking the damaged album would have just been a, oh. unreal. And for a punk aficionado like me, yeah. you know, that would have been like that that would be if I could, like that's a time machine bucket list thing. Yeah. Oh. There's too, yeah, there's so many interesting fly in the wall. Hey, where would you like to be at a you know, I was like, oh, I would, you know, I would try to stop this. No, 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 no. You don't try to stop nothing. Just just hang out in the background. Nope, nope, nope. Watch stuff. Watch Ex- things unfold. Exactly. You cannot change <laughs> anything. You cannot violate the prime directive yeah. in any way. You're the, you're an observer. Yeah, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like one is like, yeah, I'd like to, to go back and listen to like, you know, oh, see how like when Led Zeppelin did their first album and then you accidentally sneeze. Yeah. And, and throw off Jimmy Page. And that track's ruined, and and we never get to hear Stairway to Heaven. That may not be a bad thing. <laughs> that may not be a bad thing. Not a Zeppelin fan. Not going to lie. See? See? No, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I, I enjoy them for their music. I won't shut them off, but I don't out-re-listen to them. I, I, and there are Zeppelin. I know they're like, what is it? Uh, get the Lead Out is one of the Zeppelin tribute bands that's yes. around here. Um, I will occasionally shut Zeppelin off. Mm-hmm. I won't. I will never seek them out. I, I. I've never. I can. I have never consciously been in a mood to listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and it's so weird because I, I don't care for Zeppelin, but I like um, Robert Plant. I. I. I dig. I, I kind of dig liked, Robert. I love the solo stuff, and even Coverdale Page. I like. I just don't know what it is about the combination. Well, Coverdale Page wasn't Robert Plant. No, but it was. But it was a part of. It was. It was Yimmy Yimmy Page. Yeah, but it was still, you know. There are parts of Zeppelin there. Yeah. It's weird in my head, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I, a lot of times I'm not going to lie. I will turn Zeppelin off. Mm-hmm. I just don't dig it. I, I don't dig it at all. You know, I was, I was always more of a Black Sabbath guy. Mm-hmm. I will never turn Black Sabbath off. No. No. Even the 13 album. No, none of the, nothing. <laughs> I won't. It, there's a, it's a very rare thing that'll turn off any that'll turn off anything with Ozzy's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, sticking with Sabbath, I won't turn off the the Ronnie James Dio stuff. I won't turn off the Tony Martin stuff. Did you see, you watch the uh, that Ozzy's like vacation does with his son? No, they, he did one where uh, he took him to go see Max Sabbath. Matt, oh God, that's the Black Sabbath tribute that dresses like McDonald's characters, yes, right? And and Ozzy absolutely loved it. He yeah. was such a fan. Did you see the? <laughs> I, I know the video has been out there for a while. Um, it was some sort of tribute to Ozzy, where uh, Miles Kennedy and Slash did Crazy Train with some yo some yoho in a man bun. No. I'm drawing a blank, although I did, because I've seen a lot of Miles Kennedy slash stuff. Oh, that guy's talented. Miles Kennedy? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Um, I, I, I'm I not the biggest slash fan in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and after watching that video, even less of a slash fan. Okay. He butchered. I mean, fucking butchered. And then raped the corpse of one of the greatest guitar solos in... Rock yeah, and roll history. I don't. There's some guitar solos I don't think you can you can replicate. Well, you know, he didn't even try. Oh, well, he tried and failed miserably. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I mean, there was such a magic, you know, when that was made. 
and to try to recapture you. You almost have to like recapture all the schooling. Well, you got I, that's that's one of the solos that you have to play note for note because mm-hmm. it's so iconic. Yeah, you have to play it exactly the way Rhodes re- yeah. tracked it. Uh, and I I know a few guitar players in my circle that can do it. Uh, Jimmy Munjone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played at the Benefit. His band is uh, Last Mistake. It's Doug, Doug's right. band. Jimmy can pull that solo off. Note perfect. Mm. You know, Jimmy. Jimmy's a badass guitar player. You know, um, Thompson... Aaron Thompson can pull that off note perfect. Mm. He's a badass guitar player. You know, that's one solo that you should not fuck with. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to play it right, don't play the song. Yeah. And I've, the only guitar players I've ever been in like an, a serious band with that we did that song was when Jimmy was with Snacky because <laughs> Jimmy could play it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a solo you don't mess with. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was a pure that was a pure that was one of the best solos. I mean, even even as good as Zach Wilde is, yeah, he plays that solo note for note. Mm-hmm. He plays it, you know. With, I, of course, he's got his own, you know. It's it, his own feeling in it because he's a different style of player than Rhodes. Yeah, but he plays it note for note just with a Zach twist. Speaking of Zach, did you see the latest video for the new song? Yes. Zach with glasses looks like Brian Posehn. Kinda. <laughs> I'm watching that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Well, first, the video is all sorts of fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man. it's like It kind of reminds me of a heavy metal Devo video, for crying out loud, with all the shit going on. I know, the, right? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's a fucky video. Yeah, and it's like... But uh, he, the way he looked is like... He looks like... With glasses, he looks like Brian Posehn. Well, uh... Like speaking of celebrity doppelgangers, mm-hmm. Sean Waltman, X Pac, yeah, posted a new pic, uh, new picture to his Instagram. New N E W, not N U D E. N E W. Okay. New picture to his Instagram. <laughs> he looks like Braun Strowman's dad. Oh my god! And in fact, uh, Braun. Under his well, because he's not Braun Strowman anymore. Under his real name, Adam Scherer, or whatever yeah. the hell it is, replied, "Dad," with a question mark, <laughs> and then X Pac replies back, "I miss you, son." <laughs> so they had a little bit of fun with it. But Sean Waltman's jacked mm-hmm. more so than he ever was during yeah. his career. Yeah, the last I saw him on his latest Danhausen interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very which, nice. Which is weird. I was like, you, you guys know the shtick here. Stop trying to take it seriously. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, but I kind of like that they do try to take it seriously because it play. play I know it's just was kayfabe, weird. man. Yeah, but when he when he says he's like, I will, I will take you on, and I will, I will be the DJ Generation X, and I will be, I will be, you know, and and the X Pac, uh, I don't, I uh, don't think you can do that without a time machine. You know, no, just have fun with it. Say, yeah, yeah, you're now D Generation X. Go ahead, right. <laughs> Speak- Dan, Dan Generation X. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of wrestling, well, mm-hmm. I want to I want to touch on this a little bit. I don't want to go real deep into it because it could go on for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, this past Sunday, AEW had their latest pay per view. Yeah, all out. And I was 
pleasantly surprised. I, w- I was not angry at paying $50 for this show. Oh. First off, you had CM Punk's in-ring return after seven years. Mm-hmm. Punk still got it. Him and Darby Allen had a great match. Um, Punk still can go. Um, the artist formerly known as Ruby Riot, Ruby, now Ruby Soho, debuted and won in the casino battle, the women's casino battle royal. Okay, and they did it right. She was the Joker card, so she came out last. Didn't water her down with four other girls, like because the way the casino battle royal works. It's uh, you have the four suits of a deck of cards. Okay. And so whatever suits drawn, five people come out and then there's one Joker card and the Joker card comes out last. Ruby Soho was the Joker. All right. She comes out, uh, comes down to her and Thunder Rosa. She wins it. Wow. So she's got a title shot at Dr. Britt Baker. D M D. Sorry. Had to do it. Um, <laughs> then you had, like I said, you had the punk. Uh, the Punk return against Darby Allen, excellent match. The Lucha Brothers uh, won the AEW World Tag Titles from the Young Bucks in a hell of a cage match. Violent, bloody, uh, probably, and I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. Probably the best Young Bucks match I've ever watched. Hmm. It was pretty good. Uh, pretty good storytelling from a Young Bucks standpoint. Uh, still a lot, you know, a lot of spots. So it, Pretty much a spot fest, but yeah. a damn good match. Uh, Big Show was in the re- actually wrestled. Oh, uh, he he squashed QT Marshall in like <laughs> in like three minutes. It was that's the way that needed to go. And then you had the main event of the evening: Christian Cage challenging for the AEW World Title against Kenny Omega. All right. Booked the right way. Kenny Omega wins the match um, with a super version of his finish. Hits a one-winged angel off the top rope. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Match went the way it should have gone. Omega needs to go. We needed to go over. Then Omega gets on the mic and says, no, I'm going to be like, pretty much I'm going to be the champion forever because no one can hear. I've beaten everybody here and anybody that can beat me either isn't either is somewhere else or already dead. Mm. Goes to black comes up Adam Cole, baby. Mm. Adam Cole made his AEW debut. Right. So they tease that he's going to jump the young bucks and Kenny Omega because by the time all the elites in the ring now, yeah. no, no, Adam Cole super kicks the shit out of Jungle Boy <laughs> and takes his rightful place with the elite. Okay? Because mm-hmm. the elite was always those guys. Yeah. Back, going back to New Japan Ring of Honor. So we think we're done for the evening. No, we got one more. Flight of the Valkyries hits. Because I guess Tony Khan couldn't afford to get... <laughs> couldn't afford to license the final countdown after he licensed Ruby Soho yeah. and Cult of Personality and, you know, the other shit that he's licensed. Mm-hmm. Flight of the Valkyries hits. Kind of a remix version of it. And here comes the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Is that... it? Wait, wait now, now I'm confused about that because isn't... That, which is his real name then? His real name is Brian Danielson. So they changed it in W. Oh, I, I, Vince know, needs to own everything. I know, but I just hate 
when I hear that, it's like, what's Matt Riddle's real name? Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Riddle. Um, Are you sure? Uh, pretty positive. It's not Matt R- Rilowski or something like that. So. No, it's not. It's not Rilowski. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, yeah. sorry, Vince. Uh, Brian Danielson comes out mm-hmm. and evens the sides up along with the Jurassic Express, and they take on or you know like take it to the elite. Yeah. So in one night, we've got three major debuts. Mm-hmm. And that was Sunday. Monday morning, the word is Vince c- called an emergency meeting for all creative staff. Hmm. If it, you're going to get... That meeting should have been done a long time ago. Well, if you're going to get worried, Vince, now is the time. I, you know, I've said, and I, I tell Ryan this when he watches this, I, I just can't, I don't, ha- I don't care about what's going on. Right. And the worst part is, it's like I will watch like an Unforgiven from like the early 2000s and care more about what's going on there. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody has a different look. Everybody has a different style. And and here's the thing. You had cohesive storylines. Yeah. And it doesn't and I don't it doesn't matter if it's PG or not to me. It, it really doesn't. I don't you know that none of that should matter if it's a good match. Right. Tell me a story. Now I did see some stuff on um, NXT. Um, we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I did, and that that looked really good. Yeah, that's you know? going to change next week. I mean, I and it's I am watching that. I'm like, yeah, this is this is some good stuff going on. And it's like, put the and it reminds me of a nice indie show. NXT reminds me of a really nice indie show. That's going to change starting next week. To the good or the bad? To the bad. Damn it. Well, the the what's all what's happened. With NXT talent, uh, specifically guys like Keith Lee, Karrion Cross now looks mm-hmm. like uh, Lord Humongous. Yeah. They ruined him. Uh, they made him look like a fucking fool. Mm-hmm. And Karrion Cross is a badass. You know, they, everything he does looks stiff, looks good. He looks like he'll legitimately eat your fucking eyeball. Yeah. They've ruined him. Now he's got like the suspender type things and the Lord Humongous mask and... It it sucks. Mm. Uh, they turned Keith Lee. They you know they when they brought Keith Lee up, they put him in a tennis skirt basically and changed his ring gear. Uh, didn't let him talk. And if I was Adam Cole, I would have left too, because the 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 idea he rejected. Uh, what they wanted to do with him is they wanted to bring him up onto the. Main roster. Now, this is one of the best workers in your company. Yeah. Guy that can have a good match with a broom. Okay. Modern day Ric Flair. That good. Great talker. You know, the whole the whole shoot match, Adam Cole. They wanted to turn Adam Cole into a manager. Yeah. And turn Keith Lee heel. Yeah. And have him manage have Adam Cole manage Keith Lee. Yeah, that's that that sounds like you know, when you said have a good match with a broom, I'm thinking, bring back Moppy? Moppy Q McMopperson. <laughs> I felt bad for Saturn in that. I really did. You know what the worst thing? But he was getting over with that. Yeah. He was getting over with that. Talk about making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, and that was it. That was in an era where you could, people were able to get over with the terrible gimmicks. Right. And even like, right to censor, on paper, is a horrible gimmick. 
But you know what? You know, and he did it just to make fun of the PTC. But my God, to run with, it could have been like a like a a clean NWO. Yes, where you have all these former like you know, you know, hardcore people joining this group to clean everything up. Well, they and, did that. Yeah, but it did it for like a month. Yeah, it like it lasted a month. Well, you see, that's also a time you know when when Vince would allow talent to get over. Mm. Yeah, but like the minute something, and then you put Stevie Richards with the Chronic, who were in the company for like two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, they just were a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. And then released. Yeah. Well, here's what's going to, here's what, uh, la- uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday night was the final show for the NXT as we know it. Because mm. starting next Tuesday, Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are in charge. Oh. They yanked the rug out from under, uh, from Triple H. H. Yep. I wonder why. NXT was a bit... I liked it a little it bit. It was the best thing that they had. I liked it better than what the, the normal product was doing. Yeah. I mean... Well, you know why? Because hmm. Triple H was running it like a wrestling show. Hmm. That's and, a shame. And, and the guys he had do you know that were in charge of the creative in NXT were wrestling people. It was Triple H, Shawn Michaels, yeah. William Regal, and the and the trainers at the at the performance center. It wasn't Hollywood screenwriters who don't even know the name of the champion on the show that they're supposed to be fucking writing for. Mm-hmm. And now, Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon, and John Laurinaitis are going to be running that show too. Oh, awesome! Well, everybody, here's your black trunks. Go out. Here's your black trunks. <laughs> All I can say is Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. on TNT, AEW Dynamite. Mm. Friday nights at 10 p.m. on TNT, AEW Rampage. A place where they're allowing talent to get over. I wish NWA didn't go to a a payment status. Uh, I have the Fight TV app. Yeah. So... If I subscribe to Fight Plus, which I don't plan on doing, yeah, I got I downloaded Fight T, Fight.tv just to watch All Out, mm-hmm. and like I said, fantastic, well worth the fifty bucks. I don't know if I'm going to subscribe to Fight Plus because I have enough subscriptions. Yeah, I know. You know, um, how the hell did that happen? What? Well, the, I mean, when when the hell was it like? You know, I remember it's like you know, oh yeah, HBO Max. That's kind of a luxury. And then it's like, oh, we get Disney and Paramount. Oh, and this one. I'm just, I'm not getting any more now. Well, I don't have Paramount and I don't have Disney. Um, my kids have never been into Disney. So, so I, I never had to get Disney Plus. I don't have Paramount, but you keep telling me that uh, Star Trek Below Decks is on there. And I yeah. Should, I should watch that. Oh, yeah. But you're getting into Star Trek now. It's all on Paramount. Uh, all well, everything. I, I'm watching. Uh, I, I'm rewatching TNG. Yeah, and Deep Space Nine is also on Hulu. So okay. that's next. Um, the original series I think is also on on Hulu. It, okay, but I was never a big fan of of the original series. I was always a Next Generation TNG guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have Hulu uh, Hulu Plus. That's yeah. where I get my live TV. Netflix. Uh, of course, I have the cock. 
<laughs> Why'd you give a thumbs up to me saying that? <laughs> I have, of course, I have Peacock. Yeah, it's it's. I got that. It's a good app. I love it. It, it is. Uh, there's a lot of fantastic movies yes. on there. Uh, a lot of good TV shows. Peacock is it's good good app. I also have UFC Fight Pass, mm-hmm. which is fun for me being a old school being a fight fan. I I've been going back and watching old UFC stuff pre rules. <laughs> like from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and now I have fight TV, but I can see my, I can see me using that once every quarter when an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. Comes Paramount out. now, because they have like, well, they, I got it pretty much because, well, I had it for CBS. Right. And I got it for discovery. Um, that Paramount. Now that the Paramount, isn't that where the, uh, they did a Star Trek series about Picard. Yes. They actually have one on Picard, uh-huh. Star Trek Discovery, uh-huh. and then Lower Decks is on there, and then a new one coming up, Strange New Worlds. Oh, okay. About P- Christopher Pike and the adventures. Oh, be- shit. Captain be- Pike. Before, before Kirk. Kirk. And they're using the, they're not using the Kelvin verse aesthetic. Uh-huh. I mean, the aesthetic is really good. And the other one is like Star Trek Prodigy, which is another animated series, which I'm not exactly sure what that is, and that starts... I think in February next year. You know, I th- what I there's think, so much Star Trek now. What I think would have been a fun one to do, <laughs> and maybe it's just because I'm rewatching TNG. Yeah. Um. Uh, Wesley Crusher's later career. See, now that's that's. I mean, do you know? But didn't he? He went off with the Traveler, though, didn't he? Yeah, but it's weird how they they wrote that. I mean, I know that uh, even Will Wheaton is not happy on kind of how everything went down because now Will Wheaton has, had said a lot of stories about his time. You know, kind of the dark backstory of Wesley Crusher, the, the, the things he went through and it was like, he got like no respect on the show. Yeah. Uh, he got, I mean the right, if a writer did not like, it seemed like it didn't like Will Wheaton. You had a bad Wesley, you know, bad Wesley was like terrible in the episode. Right. And some of the producers didn't care for him. the person, Will Wheaton. At one point, he got offered to do a movie. And they were working the schedules out. And they were like, no, no, we can't, he can't do this. He is in like the first the first episode back is a Wesley-centric episode. We need him for the whole episode. And he was written out of the entire episode. Oh, what a dick move. Yeah. And there was like stuff. And that's why he decided to leave. I... Uh, at that point, I can't now, say it. Blame. He was, but he was friends with all the cast. The cast loved him. Oh yeah, the ca- Will Wheaton and the cast got along great. Yeah, it, it was a lot of these behind the scenes people that I mean, there were writers on there that, and I understand how the Hollywood machine works. And you have people there who are Jonathan Frakes fans. Is it? I'm going to write a Frakes thing, and it's like we're going to push all these other characters, and that's how you get some of these episodes, right? Where the people are really shoved to the forefront because they're getting fanboyed, right? And it was like Wesley got like anti fanboyed. Yeah, I mean, you could see that there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Jonathan Frakes fanboys. Yeah, because a lot of the and rightfully so, he's the first officer of the ship. But there was a lot of episodes that centered around around Commander Riker. Yeah, there was a lot of Brent Spiner fanboys. Yeah, because you would have a lot of data centric mm-hmm. episodes. Not so much Jordy. Yeah, jo- Jordy and Troy. I said to you, after Jellico, after I think it was season four, 
they came into their own finally, yeah. which was nice. But back to, to Will Wheaton, uh, he had left the show because he was pissed. Right. And fine, write him out, traveler. There we go, we're gone. And then um, they thought, you know, we got rid of some people. We write them back in, bygones, we bygones. And then, you know, somehow, you know, he's back in Starfleet. Yeah. You know, and all this is happening. And then, no, at Starfleet, but he left, came back, left and came. You know, and was at Starfleet Academy. It was back and forth. And, that, the, and isn't that when uh, he was involved in the accident? Yes. Where the, where the cadet died at the yes. graduation ceremony? Yeah. And it was back and forth. Well, then they go to shoot the movie, Generations. Yes. Was it Generations? Yeah, or, Generations is the first movie with the TNG cast. No, I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying to think which one that Riker got married in. That might not be Generations. First Contact? Whichever one it is. This is where. But it's like hearing different stories. But Wes, you know, they, the crew said, hey, we think that, you know, we want Will Wheaton in the movie. Yeah. We want Will Wheaton in the movie somehow. And they're like, well, he's left with the Traveler. How do we do this? You know, it's like they bring him back on. He's wearing a Starfleet uniform. Uh Uh-huh. And they never explain it. There's no deleted scenes. There was nothing in the script. He just shows back up. Huh. And it's like... See, I don't remember what movie that is. Yeah, it was... I don't think it was Generations, because I don't think the one... No, he did. I know it wasn't Generations. Yeah, Because that one was all about Kirk and Picard. Yeah, it might have been either First Contact or Nemesis. I don't remember. I don't know. I would have to rewatch them. Yeah. But I'm in... uh, I'm almost done with season two yeah. of TNG. Uh, yeah. Love Star Trek. Just, I love it so much. Uh, I, I, I wasn't so much a fan of a lot of the stuff in season two mm-hmm. for one reason. Pulaski? Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Coming from a fan. She was abrasive. Very. But you know what? She's, in retrospect, I think, I think they were trying to pull McCoy. Yeah. I really do. I could see that, and yeah. I think they were. I think they were trying to pull a McCoy, and that was another one. Gates McFadden left because she just wasn't happy with the show. Yeah, and they made some changes and brought her back. Yeah, well, because uh, they they explained that away by she yeah. became the the chief of Starfleet Medical. Yep, you know, and then we gave up chief of the whole Starfleet Medical. Come back to the ship, right? <laughs> it's a- well, it's like uh, it's well, it's like Kirk said in Generations. Don't let him promote you. Yeah. Don't let him take you off the bridge. I. I love, I mean, it's taken me years to like look at this, and I'm watching The Office now, too. Uh-huh. But the the writing hoops they go through to write out characters and bring them back. Yeah. I mean, the WWE could take a lesson from that, for crying out loud. It's like, this person's going off the air. Oh, let's have them hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I mean, that I, got, I just finished one of my favorite, uh, season two episodes, though. Which one? Samaritan Snare. Ah, the, wait, was that was that the Packlids? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. With the Packlid. Yes. Uh, Ray. Uh, Chris kind, La- Chris Lotta was in that one. It was awesome. Yeah, kind of a a slower, lesser intelligent oh, race. Yes. And, and they feature the Packlids as the big bads in in um, lower decks. Do they? Oh, it's hilarious. Oh Jesus. The Packlids is the big bads. Yeah, but it's awesome because it's like it's it's like the the ship the the Enterprise is not in yeah lower in lower decks right. So the ship shows up and they're like, eh, it's an Enterprise, 
And then another star flips just, another Enterprise! <laughs> we are smart. It's like every ship they think is the Enterprise. Right. It's awesome. That, that That's a fun episode. That is an aw- that is, that is a- <laughs> That's a fun episode. And that one's one that really showcases uh, LeVar Burton. Yeah. You know, they because they send Lieutenant LaForge over to help these poor, simple pack-led, and they capture him. <laughs> we look for things. Things, things to make, make us go. go. <laughs> we are strong. Yeah, Chris Lotta, the one to play the captain, yes. was the voice of Starscream. Oh, okay. And I always loved that, like, because you never really saw his face a lot. Right. But when you hear him speaking, it's like, oh, man, I, I just uh, listening on his stories on set. Another good uh, episode, I just, I just, in fact, I think it was the last one I watched, was uh, The Emissary. The Emissary. I'm trying to remember. Kalar. Kalar. The half-female, half-Klingon. Oh, yeah, okay. Before, that was, they didn't introduce Alexander yet. No. Was Worf's. It, yep, it's Alexander's mother. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's the episode where they pick her up because a Klingon ship from 75 years in the past yeah. is getting ready to basically wake up, and they think that the war is still going on. <laughs> yeah. And being Klingon, they're going to attack first and ask questions later. So yeah. they're trying to head that off. Yeah, and that one was actually adapted from a short story um, that was very similar. Oh, okay. Where it was about World War Two, And I think that a Japanese um, uh, uh, boat or some sort um, got stuck into a time rift. Okay. And came back into modern times. Thinking that the war was thinking, still going yeah, on. Yeah, thinking the war is still going on, and they're in American waters. Oh, damn. Yeah. And it's like, when I heard that, I'm like, well, that that's... I, I can see how they adapted it. <laughs> yeah. A really good episode. I mean, I'm, I I love Star Trek The Next Generation. It is such oh, yeah. a fun show. It, it's a fun show, but we're at the point now... We're still yet to the point where... They're not ham-fisting Counselor Troy's abilities. No. Well, in the early episodes, it was all about, you know, I, I never understood, like, she has a feeling. I'm feeling like, great despair. Yeah, but, like, so far away. Yeah. It's like they're in another ship with the shields up. Yeah. It's like, man, I mean, can you feel everything on the ship? Yeah. If so, how do you cope? Yeah, it's like my god. Another another favorite character, like an ancillary character that makes mm-hmm. sporadic appearances that I really enjoy, is uh, Deanna's mother. Yeah, Waxana. Waxana. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Mr. Hom. No, Mr. He calls Wolf Wolf. Oh yeah, that's right. And her her <laughs> uh, her her bellhop, Mr. Hom. Yeah. The drunk. <laughs> he's, he's ringing the bell. That means he likes the meal. Does he have to keep doing it? <laughs> oh, Beta Z culture, what they wrote about that. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I don't know if I can live on I don't I can understand how Will like fell in love. But yeah. My God, it's like I read uh when I when I was still stationed in Panama, one of my one of my uh buddies down there was a guy named Ray Santiago. Affectionately known to us as Cranko. But anyway, Cranko was a big Star Trek fan as well. And he actually, he got 
like he would buy the paperback books mm-hmm. and he'd get done with them. Hey, Ray, let me read that. One of the better ones I read was called Imzadi. Mm-hmm. And you know. Yeah, I know what's added. Okay, you know what Imzadi is. Um, it was, it centered around Riker and Troy. Really good book. I wish I could remember the fucking plot of it. <laughs> I think that was of his time on Beta Z. Um, I think it was like, it would have been after the Pegasus. After the Pegasus. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's like how he met and like it was a backstory of their relationship. I think you're right because the Pegasus wasn't the ship directly before the Enterprise. Right. It was the one yeah, before the, that. The hood was before the Enterprise. Right. He was the he was the he was the executive officer on God, the hood. God, it's weird. I know all <laughs> that was just weird stuff. Yeah. And how many wait, how many commands did Riker turn down? Oh, at least six. In the So many. Yeah. And uh, Picard turned down promotions to Admiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted at one point they wanted him to head up Starfleet Academy. Yeah, you know, um, it, it. I don't think they had to keep. I I don't think they had to keep giving him the the commands and all that. It was like, look, he'll get it eventually when the show is over. Well, he wanted. Well, the thing, the story was like the way that they did it was the only ship that Riker wanted was the Enterprise. Yeah, and the first time he had command of, he sent it to a planet. Yep, way to go, Will. Yep, separate the saucer sure. section and dig it into the Here, dirt. I'll give you the keys. Good, just burnt. Yep. Well, that way. Well, <laughs> they got a new Enterprise out of it. Yeah, they got the Enterprise E out of mm-hmm. it. Um. Yeah, that Riker always wanted. He wanted command of the Enterprise, but Picard, but Picard would never fucking croak. <laughs> well, he could. He did once. He could have had it. Oh, but no, you had to go and rescue him. Yeah. He didn't even get it then. I don't think that was that. That's when they gave it to Jellicoe. Yeah, and that's and that's where I I, I gotta say, when the when the the trope comes that, in that was the, that was when the that was when uh, Picard was assimilated into the Borg, yep. and they did the old trope. The new boss is not like the old boss, right? As like, no, uh, Troy, you're gonna wear a uniform like an officer, you know, and it's like you know he was a he was a real hard ass, and it was like you know I want I want this uh, you know done in ten minutes. But we can't. I don't. I didn't hear that. Get it done. Right. <laughs> don't. Don't. No excuse. Just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I. That. That. That's right. That was when. Um, well, I just watched the one with the first encounter of the Borg. Yeah. Q. Who. Yep. That was. That was a <laughs> that, weird. That was a. Uh, the first. I remember the first time I saw the Borg. I'm like, what the what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, and then seeing that the enterprise can basically do no damage to the ship. Yep. Can't outrun them. They're, they're running at like warp nine, six. Yeah. And it's amazing that the Borg have been as long lasting as they can. When it seems like they're always like, like on the edge of like succeeding in the master plan. Yeah. But then get blown up. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of my favorite characters, Hugh. Yeah. Not, not Q. Yeah. Hugh. Hugh. The Borg that they somehow pulled out of the collective. Yeah. Yeah, he makes a couple appearances. He makes an appearance in Picard. Yeah. And he makes a couple more appearances in TNG. Yeah. You know, I, you know Lore was another one of my... Lore, Lore was fun. Yes. Brent Spiner had a lot of... I mean, they had fun with him as a, as a person and really sometimes let him run wild. Yeah. Well, you know, he actually did an album. Oh, yeah? 
called Old Yellow Eyes Sings. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brent Spiner did an album called Old Yellow Eyes Sings. Um, but Brent Brent Spiner, it's a shame he got typecast after his turn as Data and Lore mm-hmm. because he really hasn't done much until recently when his look completely changed because of his age. Yeah. Um, but Brent Spiner is a he's an excellent actor. Yeah. He's got a wide range. Oh yeah. But I think I know I saw him he was in the film Evolution as a scientist. Yes. Um but he's done <laughs> and I love the Nunian Soon characters. Yes. Um he's played three versions of them so far. Of Dr. Nunian Soon. Well well three relatives of them. Oh, okay. And in the new Strange New World, one of the characters is a descendant of one of the Nunian Soongs on, on the Enterprise. Really? And I'm like, oh, I just, I'm just like a descendant. I was like, of, I was like Chef's Kiss, man. Put a Nunian Soong on the Enterprise. A descendant of Often Wrong Soong. Yes. Oh God, that was yeah, data. The data episodes, especially when they delve into his backstory. Or yeah. Uh, like when they went to the to his home planet mm-hmm. and found lore and assembled lore. Yeah. That was fun. That was also strange in a way. Yeah. Because it's like, so the planet was desolated except the android naked on a slab. No, <laughs> lore was in pieces. No, no, Data though. That's where they found him. Oh yeah, that's right. Naked on a slab. That's right. You know, and then they found lore, assembled him, and then, you know, the nervous twitch, which is like, I was, and I was like, I know somebody in the writer's room said, do we give him a goatee? <laughs> yeah, you know they did. You know they did. Because that was, well, I mean, the goatee was how you how you delineated the good guys from the bad guys yeah. in the original series. Because the Klingons had goatees. Yep. Because that was before, like, all the cool makeup effects where they can give them the, oh, yeah. the forehead ridges, you know. Which which they still have, I mean, the, the makeup in TNG was always my favorite Klingon style makeup. Although I think they kind of maybe started in the movies. Yeah. With Christopher Lloyd and all that. When they did the forehead ridges and all that. Yeah. It made him look badass. Yeah. Uh, another another, another cool Star Trek race. I always like the Cardassians. Uh, the, the, Card- uh, the Cardassians, the complete, more militaristic. Yes. Than the, uh, um, now, than the um, Romulans. Yes. They're like the Romulans on steroids. Oh my god! Yeah, they had and they had two black ops teams. Yes, it was like you know like the Obsidian Order and the Tal Shiar. Right. It's like my god! It's like well, you saw them a couple of times in TNG. Yeah, but the Cardis really came into their own on DS Nine. Yep. Um, with uh, Chief O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Cole Meany. He was a veteran of the Cardassian War, mm-hmm. and. There was a Cardassian on staff at uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And he was quoted as saying, you can't trust the bloody Cardies. Yeah. And they called them spoonheads. Yeah. It was like... And they would uh, they, they would be executed by hanging because it took forever. Because mm-hmm. of, of the... Basically, the Brock Lesnar-esque traps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, they were... They were a fun race... I I always got a kick out of the Ferengi. Later Ferengi, yeah. Yeah. The original Ferengi were like, Ugh. were like that, that that was just awful with the whips and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the uh in one of the episodes I watched, 
uh, I just watched was when they did the war games. When they took Riker and a small team over to an abandoned ship and they had to do like maneuvers against the Enterprise and stuff. And Riker outwitted them. (laughs) Um, And a Ferengi shows up trying to claim that derelict ship. Yeah. That was uh, those Ferengi. That's when the Ferengi start to get a little more, uh, a little more developed. But you really don't get uh, a f- the fully developed Ferengi once again until Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Uh, what the hell was the name of the Ferengi that ran the bar? Quark. Quark. That's yep. right. Yep. And he. I mean, that they became the money. Yep. The mo- gold, I, I, gold I, press I, and I always love it. I mean, it always seemed like every race in Star Trek. The predominant ones would take one aspect of humankind to the extreme. Yep. You know, Vulcans were just like pretty much peace loving hippies. Yeah, they were they were the Buddhists and intellectuals looking down on everybody. Yeah. You know, um, Romulans were very militaristic. Cardassians took that to the next level. Yeah. Um, I think that the. The the Klingons, I think, took a lot of their inspiration from Asian culture. Yeah, honor, honor, Uh, a lot of a lot of like the Bushido thing. Yes, like kind of the Bushido ethos of of Japanese culture mixed with um, the Mongolian culture. Ferengis are straight up American. Oh yeah, they're straight. It's like (laughs) like, they're Jordan Belfort. Yeah, I mean, you listen to the the Ferengi. It's like, yeah, well, they do that now in business. I don't see what's. They're the Wolf of Wall Street of the Star of the Star Trek universe. You would love to see. You know, I would love you know you'd love to see a Ferengi episode where going back in time to like the eighties. Yes, and Quark would say, "Ah, Earth, nineteen eighty. This was when." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you imagine Quark? Quark all hopped up on coke at Studio Fifty Four, <laughs> day and trading. Yeah, I mean, he's like, "I understand it all." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that they were they were straight up like the whole capitalist to the extreme. Yep, Quark would be working. Quark, Quark would be working in one of the fucking uh, <laughs> one of the. Uh, oh, he'd been Goldman Sachs. Oh, he'd have been working in one of. The, he would have started out though in one of the. Uh, what did they call them? The boiler rooms. Yeah, in the one of the boiler room, like Jordan Belfort from yeah. the Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> and eventually would have become Goldman Sachs. Yeah, you know, gold press latinum and Sachs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh yes, yeah. so, uh, the races on there, the Beta Zeds were, you know, all. Right. I mean, they were all right, but I mean, I th- I thought they were they were not. I thought they were limited, because I would have loved to have seen like, what's a Beta Z ship look like? I know. You know, I mean, does nobody talk? You know, <laughs> is it all? Is it all? You know, telepathic communication? Yeah. Yeah, there. And um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of uh, the uh, what was the one with the the trill. Yeah, the trill was a uh, awesome species. When yeah. they when they fleshed that out, yeah, that was amazing to have. Uh, the trill, what? <sighs> they were the ones where that you had the symbiote. Yep, 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 yep. In the body, and they would take Who, on. I'm trying to remember the name of the trill that was on DS9. Dax. Yep, Jadzia Dax. And then yeah, and then Ezra Dax. Yep. You know, and um, and of course, you know, Curzon was. But I thought when they fleshed that whole character out, it was perfect. Yeah. There have been too many races that they just never looked at again. You know, I, which I think is a shame. I would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, a, a few of the races more fleshed out. You're right. Yeah, I mean, they have from one episode, 
and then that was it. Tellarites, especially. I mean, it was yeah. a founding member of the Federation. You barely ever saw them. Yeah. You know, and I understand makeup's expensive. I get, I understand that. Yeah. But it's like, I swear, it's like with all these alien races out there, you get like one token alien per episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's. Well, at least at least the makeup had advanced by this point, mm-hmm. far beyond what they had in the original series. Oh yeah, when, when they, the alien was just some chick painted green, or someone painted blue, or someone painted blue. Yep. Or uh, the the Klingons had a reddish tint to them. Yeah, and a goatee. <laughs> and the Klingon, I love it. And there's a Deep Space Nine episode where they went back and actually filmed it with an original series episode. It's like more troubles, more troubles. Yes. And it's awesome when they're all sitting there and it's like, wait, that's a Klingon? And they all look at Worf. We do not talk about it with outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. See, uh, you know, we were talking, uh, we talked earlier about Brent Spiner being typecast as Data. Yeah. You want to talk about typecasting. What has Michael Dorn done since? I think he's doing a lot of voiceover work. Oh, he's as, got a great voice. As far as I know. But you like you, you never see starring Michael Dorn. A lot of them you don't. I mean, there's not... After Star Trek, a lot of them, I don't think... Frakes hasn't done much. No, I'm, well, Frakes does a, a lot of directing. Yeah, he, he's he's moved behind the camera. Yeah. Um, the only one who really had a big on-screen career after that was Patrick Stewart. Yeah, he's did a couple... Of, I love... Well, he just comes from that background. His uh, Christmas, oh, he's Christmas Shakespearean actor is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His Ebenezer Scrooge is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite one. Yeah. Um, he was. I mean, he's just a great Shakespearean actor. You know, and classically trained. I, I absolutely. I have nothing bad to say about Patrick Stewart. Even him making a dick out of himself in like Family Guy and stuff. An American. Oh Dad. my God! They all. I mean, they all. Make fun of themselves. I think it's just a fan. I think it's a fan thing. Yeah. Because, well, I know that uh, Seth MacFarlane has been in Enterprise. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. And and then, like, he pulls them off and, uh, you know, everybody does their own voices and we're just going to make fun of all this stuff. And- yeah. I'm kind of surprised because uh, didn't, uh, I forget what, what cartoon it was where they did an episode where they went to a Star Trek convention. Of uh, Family Guy? I think it might have been, and they all did their own voices. Oh my god, I have to I have to seek that one out now. I, I think it might have been, um, but yeah, there was a cartoon. Uh, I want to. I'm pretty sure it was a cartoon show that did an episode where they all went to a Star yeah. Trek convention, <laughs> and everybody did their own voices. Frakes was there. Yeah, Stewart. Everybody did their own voices. The, and the nice thing is. They they they're good enough sports to port to poke fun at themselves. Yeah, the original cast I don't think was at certain points. Oh, Nimoy definitely was not. You know, yeah, and Nimoy is one of those that did. You know, and boy, th- this one's going to be funny. He did a song about Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, and a video, and it's like, and you dare, you dare not make fun of yourself. Yeah, well, he his autobiography was called "I Am Not Spock." Yeah. And then he redid it and called I Am Spock. Right. I have the I Am Spock version. Right. I, I mean, you, you dance yeah. with you dance with what brought you. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, don't was... don't disavow it. I mean, yeah. that's one thing I got to give um, Shatner credit for. Mm-hmm. He embraced Kirk. Oh yeah. 
Oh, most definitely. He, he. I think he. I think he. He loved the fans more than he loved the cast. Yeah. So Galaxy Quest was very autobiographical to a lot of, you know, of what Star Trek people they were. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, uh God. The guy that played uh, Scotty. Um, James Doohan. James Doohan. James Doohan embraced Mr. Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Doohan embraced Mr. Scott to the to the, to the the nth degree. Um, uh, Mr. Sulu. George Takei. George Takei. George Takei's an awesome. I love George Takei. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> I love it. I loved it when he would be the guest announcer for the Howards for the Stern yeah. show. He was great. Um, to Kay, he's like he embraced being Mister Sulu. Yes. Now he to this day does not like Shatner. Mm-hmm. Him and Shatner never got along. Yep. You know, um, and from all from most accounts, Shatner was a dick on set. That's what I hear. I heard. I heard so many stories. I mean, he what he would you know. He would make sure that the the blocking was made sure that he got the proper amount of screen time and yeah, yeah. he wasn't a team player not really you know this it, show's about me yeah but I, so now we you said what's the one you said that's gonna like be with uh, Captain Pike Strange New Worlds Strange New Worlds okay so that's gonna be the Enterprise before yeah Kirk took over yeah. Okay, because now if we go through the movies and all that shit, we're on what the Enterprise F or G? I don't think no. The Eden, yeah, Nemesis was the last movie, and the Eden blow up. Okay, so we're still on E. Yeah. However, there I don't know if people take books as canon. I mean, I don't. I because I don't. You know, I don't. I haven't read a lot of Star Trek books because my God, when you add the books in with all this stuff, uh, there's too much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the E survived um, the movies. Okay. But I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do with another. I don't know if I I, I I don't care for the Kelvin universe stuff. I mean, it's not bad. Like it's not terrible. What's the Kelvin universe? The one where well, the one there where they redid like the origin stories and oh okay okay yeah, okay the, the new three Star Trek movies. Okay. I didn't you know I didn't care for. What they try, they try to shoehorn too much. Yeah, you know some I, of the casting was I mean, spot on though. Some of it, yo, yeah, well, some of it was. I mean, uh, Urban as McCoy, yeah, perfect. Yeah, Carl, Ur- Carl yeah. Urban. Yeah, I, the the crew itself, except for the guy that did uh, Chekhov. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was a little weird. He passed away. He did. But that one was, you know, a little out there. Yeah. And um, Benedict Cumberbatch trying to do Khan? Dear God, no. Yeah. First off, they established that Khan was like Middle Eastern descent. Yeah. You know, and and maybe they were afraid of typecasting. But I mean, um, I can't remember his name. The one guy's from Harold and Kumar. Cal Penn. Yes, Cal Penn. Cal Penn. Could have done that perfectly. Yeah. And it, Khan was supposed to be Middle Eastern. He could have played the smart villain. But were they too afraid to say, well, you don't want to make Middle Eastern as a villain. But you wrote them as a villain. Right. Then don't do the movie. Right. You know? I, 
I, I'm with you though with, with the canon. I, as far as I'm concerned, my Star Trek canon is the TV shows mm-hmm. and the movies. Yeah. So, from what you're saying, we're still on the Enterprise E. Yeah. Now that's. I don't follow the books. Heck, we could be up to J for all I know. Right. It's like, you know, I know that they alluded to the Enterprise J in the show Enterprise. Okay. When they went into the future. And it was like, I, I love it. It's like, what, what are we going to do? Just put a J on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like, okay. It's been, yeah. we're up to this now. Well, this one now. I think Discovery has like the Voyager H or something in it. And it's like, I'm like, oh, God, you know, there's more ship names, right? Right. You know, it's like. Well, and they give it the re- it's the same registry number. Yeah. Because uh, the Enterprise is NCC one seven zero one. Yeah. And they've used the one seven zero one from the original series on. Yeah, and they even made fun of that. Well, kind of in the one movie, harken back to it, it's like when we're gonna, you know, Picard is like gonna destroy the ship, the E, and he says, "A shame we didn't." You know, well, don't worry, there's plenty of letters in the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, well, uh, hell, they almost destroyed the they almost destroyed the the D in the first episode of the of the Next Generation. Yeah, the D's been destroyed. The, the time loop has been destroyed a couple times. Yeah, that that it's just a fun show. It is. It's a fun show, and especially when you know, now I will say they did do a lot of like analogous writing for issues. Star Trek's always been like that. Yeah, but I think they were a lot more. Subtle with it in DS9. Yeah. Although it was more hard hitting. Yeah. It didn't beat you over the face, but when you sat, it's like, oh, wait, I know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. Whereas as the next generation kind of beat you over the face. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's a subtle. We, we've evolved beyond that. It's as subtle <laughs> as a cricket bat. I always thought it funny. And, you know, you know, you know, you know, we're neither of us are really big fans of religion in general. Right. And Star Trek always just really made it seem like if you're religious, you're dumb. Kind and, of. And it's like, you know, uh, you don't need to take that. I mean, I'm glad DS9 has a religious kind of side to it. Yeah. And they can't refute, like, what's going on. Right. You know, it's like, they so they accept the Bajoran religion. Yes. Whereas in Next Generation, even original series, it was like, you know, they believe in a god? What? <laughs> you unenlightened fools. Right. Yeah, like, and, and they, you know, like, oh, they still use currency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's always a funny one. Yeah. Uh, and the, like the one episode, uh, the one season two episode, they found uh, the three people in. Ah, yeah. They woke up from the past. The, uh, from the, from the cry. They were in a yeah, cryogenic state. That was one of the Romulans. Ba- balance. That wasn't balance of terror. No, it was it was, a, I don't it think it was, a, it was Balance it was, of it was Terror. A, no, that, that, that was a... They had Romulan in it, too, as a standoff. I know these episodes. I love that episode, too. Yeah. They, uh, they bring back the, the hillbilly... Yeah, the, the, the country singer. Yeah. You got the, 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 home, the, the homemaker, you know, the housewife, yeah. the country singer, the, the hillbilly-ass country singer, <laughs> who was great. That yeah. character was awesome. Yep. And, you know, he wanted to take Data with him. And uh, then you had the Wall Street yeah. big league. Who you know what the and it's like he tur- he's like a Ferengi right there. It's like he's like all my investments must be worth billions by now. Yeah, it's- yeah. But he ended up being a very very 
uh, he ended up playing a very crucial role because mm-hmm. the Romulans were involved. Neutral in zone. Neutral zone. That's, That's right. It was the neutral zone because they they were in the neutral yep. zone facing the Romulans, and that was the fir- <laughs> also the first hint of what the Borg of of the Borg. Yeah, I love that. When he comes out. He's bluffing. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and he was. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. You know that that episode's kind of brilliant. You know bringing back someone from the past and say, how are you going to react to yeah. this new universe? Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I know if I woke up in the 24th century, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, freeze me, put me back. No, I think I would, you know, try to see, so what new technology? Well, we have this holodeck. Leave me. <laughs> go, go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, the, I mean, we have this replication technology, and he gets an old ass guitar. No, no way! I'm getting an old ass guitar. This uh, bitch is gonna be. <laughs> I would like the latest model Les Paul. Thank you. <laughs> What's a Les Paul? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, here's an interesting question. You opened up this door. Yeah. Now I have to kick it in. What would be the first program you would create on the holodeck? On all seriousness, yeah, I I w- want to do another enduro race like I did in New Hampshire, two hundred plus cars on that on that short track, banging into each other. Oh my god, I would have so much fun with. I had so much fun doing those races. Yeah, and be able to you know. And screw the safety protocols, man. We don't need none of that. I mean, <laughs> you know, and just have like, you know, AI is like, make that driver aggressive. Make that driver kind of weak-willed. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I mean, that I have thought about like, like VR. Yeah. Like, and I still haven't found a racing thing that is good in VR. Yeah. Uh, they're close, but oh, my God. I, that is like one of my hall. You know, yeah, it wouldn't go down a dark path. I want to go racing. You know what one of my first one of my first ones would be? Hmm. A Ramon show at <laughs> CBGB's. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would oh my god. The Ramones at CBGB's. Yep. <laughs> that would be one of my first uh, first hollow deck programs. <laughs> and, oh my god, picture it with the you you need it on the bridge and the thing opens up and people are like pogoing around and <laughs> 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 and then you're getting beer splashed on him. It's like, I want this. <laughs> that this, would be... That uh, would be sir, f- this is what they did for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they, threw each, they threw drinks at each other and punched it. <laughs> a Slayer show oh. at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yes. You See, know, uh, you know, a... a, a a, a mid-80s Slayer concert. Ooh. You know, that would be something I would program kind of, the holodeck. You kind of wonder how soundproof the holodeck is. Yeah. Or if, like, the deck's next to it, it's like, what is that racket? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that, that would be fun. Now, there's a funny Star Trek story that would be fun to just, I mean... Have the 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 rooms next to the holo, you know, the holodeck. Yes, and it's like somebody's sitting there, and all of a sudden, like things are vibrating on the walls, and it's like, are you gonna do something about that? There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> 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 or, or occasionally, just the <laughs> against the wall, oh, no, right? No. 
Oh, Riker's in the holodeck no, again. They cover something like that in lower decks. <laughs> Do they? And it's oh my god, it's so funny. It's like they have to clean things out of the of the holos. Oh. Of the ho- and I was like, and I was like, why? What did you think people did in here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Well, it's, it's so fan oriented. So far, two two seasons in. Yeah. To the next generation, I know of one couple that ha- uh, that has. Absolutely knock boots in the holodeck. <laughs> Which one? Kalar and Worf. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, that was <laughs> Kalar and Worf because Kalar was in there doing uh, Worf's calisthenic program, yeah. and Worf walked in, yeah. and you know, one thing led to another, and you, we had nasty Klingon sex. <laughs> yeah, in in the holodeck. In the holodeck. Yeah, you're cleaning that up. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I know. I mean, I, yeah, the holodeck episodes in Star Trek were always weird. Yeah. I mean, the ones with Barkley where he recreated the entire crew. Yes. And it's like, I mean, how do you feel about someone just re? That's weird. That's really weird. The Barkley episodes were (laughs) absurdly weird. I, I mean, like some of the holodeck stuff was really cool. Like, uh, Data as Sherlock Holmes. Yes. And uh, Moriarty was actually deadly in oh, those yeah. episodes. Oh, yeah. And found his way out of the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you got the ones where Picard was in there doing his Dixon Hill stuff. Yep. Those are fun. You know, I, I the holodeck episodes, they, they seem to have a good time with those. And think about it. If, if you had that, if we had that technology, how limitless oh, enterta- it is. Entertainment would be, you know, you could insert yourself into your favorite TV programs. Yeah. You know, one thing Star Trek now, it does it sometimes I think too much with some of the lower deck stuff. And too much nowadays with everything, Easter eggs. Yeah. You know, that wasn't something that was very popular back then. Yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting to have Mr. T as some sort of an alien with Barkley. Yeah. You know? And and just to have Barkley, you know, maybe doing something and say, like, just a breath of like, oh, I pity the fool that has to do this. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, uh, sorry, yeah. I wish we had a visual component. Yeah. I As soon as you said that, I you know, I looked over. Like like Mr. T would just kind of look at, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing. You know, like, but but those would be so hilarious to have. Yeah. But we were not in an Easter egg generation at that point. No. You know, where now it's like if George Takai shows up somewhere, look for a one seven oh one, you'll find it. Yeah. It's you know, it's gonna be the license plate, the room number, yeah, a ticket number. Somehow they have to shoehorn that in. Back then they didn't. And they had Mick Fleetwood on, they had Iggy Pop on. Yeah. I mean, they had so many like people from other shows. Yeah. That I mean, um, David Ogden uh, Ogden Sturz was on. Yep. Uh, from Mash. Yep. No Mash jokes. Nope. You know. You know, I forgot Iggy Pop was a guest star. Yeah. Yeah, he played he played a Vorda in Deep Space Nine. Yep. I uh, I I remember David Ogden Steers being yeah. on. Um, I remembered Mick Fleetwood being mm-hmm. on. They there's been some uh, pretty cool. Yeah, excellent guest stars on yeah. there. Yeah, they've had a lot, Star Trek across the board has had some great guest stars on. Oh yeah, 
and they never seem to throw an Easter egg in there, or, or just a little inside nod. Yeah, it's, you know? and it's like you you have this opportunity. Just come on, give us a little bit, nothing. You know who one of my favorite uh, all time actors from the Star Trek. Trek universes though is Avery Brooks. Yep. Uh, what the? I can't remember his name on DS Nine. Cisco. Yep. Uh, Captain Benjamin Cisco. Yeah. Or was it, was he yeah, commander? Was commander first, and then he became captain. Okay, Commander Benjamin Cisco. He is fantastic, and he's got that voice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that voice of authority. You buy him as the freaking oh, yeah. commander of the of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And like one of my favorite things he w- he did. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie American History X. Yes, I did. Okay, he plays the principal mm-hmm. in the, of the school in American History X, and he is so goddamn good in there as Principal Sweeney. Yeah, every role he does is very powerful. Yeah, and, but the Avery Brooks, the person, uh, is so mellow. Yeah, he is such a mellow person, and he just he laughs and he has fun. I mean, he's not at all the character he always plays. Right, that's like Terry Crews. Yeah, oh my God, yes. Terry, Terry, well, Terry Crews, he's hilarious no matter what. Terry Crews is hilarious, but he, like, a lot of times he's played kind of the heavy. Yeah. You know, or some in some cases, the bad guy. But Terry Crews is a genuinely likable guy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would like to sit and talk, you know, just have a conversation with Terry Crews. Same, same idea with Danny Trejo. I would love to. Oh, yes. But he, oh, he plays, he always plays, like, the baddest asses of characters yep but i think he just he even has fun with it though i mean he seems like when he does these voiceovers yeah and he he is in so many properties they don't change the name and make it oh we look like him but we change the name and so many properties do yeah no there is a game out there called zombicide yeah there is a danny trejo expansion yeah where you can be danny trejo well, I mean, I mean, it's wonderful. He was always he was always a supporting role mm-hmm. in most of, in most of the stuff he did. Yeah, uh, from dusk till dawn. Um, uh, Desperado, Desperado. He's in the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, you know, he's always played that supporting role. And then you get to the Machete movies. I want to. I haven't seen those yet. I do want to see those. I've seen two of them. I've seen uh, Machete and Machete Goes to Space. Yeah. <laughs> or Machete in Space. Great stuff. And Danny Trey, they're they're bloodbaths, mm-hmm. but they're fun. You know, it's like Hobo with a Shotgun. Have yeah. you ever seen that? I've heard of that one, yeah. Hobo with a Shotgun with Rutger Hauer. That's a fun movie. It's a splatter fest, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's such a wink and a nod, you know, to like the 80s splatter fest yep. movies. And... I, I, I love it. In fact, I have it upstairs. I'll let you borrow it. Yeah. Um, Hobo, you'll like Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, Trail always seems like, and from all the interviews I see, he looks like he's gonna, he has a good time. Yeah. And he will just, you don't have to parody his character. Just no. call him up. He'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure, I'll come in. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he's like, he's like, he reminds, it's like, and not to sound stereotypical or anything like that, but it's Cheech Marin's badass uncle who is in the joint. Shit, yeah. You know, and legitimately, Danny Trejo mm-hmm. is a convicted felon. Yeah. You know. And I think he got his first job when he happened to show He needed gang members. Yep. And he happened to show up. Yep. And from there, he got his SAG card and became Danny fucking Trejo. Yeah. So it's like, wow. Oh man, yeah him him I would have loved to have he, he I would have loved to have seen on Star Trek too. Yeah, 
And maybe they're still, because there's still, oh my God, so much content now. Yeah. And, and like, there's so many people creating content. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get, you get a license to use the Star Trek name, mm-hmm. do a YouTube show. Yep. Whatever. You know, there's, it's because it's so accessible now for people to make content. I mean, look at what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, we're, we're sitting in a goddamn basement with a laptop creating <laughs> content. You know? We're influencers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's so easy and accessible now. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Because it's allowing people, not just two fucking meatheads like us, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's allowing people that actually might have a good idea. Yeah. And a creative spark to do something. And I wish more people would get on board with doing stuff. You know, just make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my sister, I love my sister to death. My sister's fucking awesome. And she has always been, you know, very good creatively with, you know, photography. And she always drew and stuff like that. And, you know, she's, um, her her line of work is almost has a it does have a creative element to it. She's mm-hmm. a she's a hairstylist. Yeah. Okay? And now she's doing her poor art. You know, and she she puts out videos on TikTok and on Instagram and all that other stuff and she's creating content. And she's not only creating the you know the digital content, she's creating physical mm-hmm. work. And I wish more people would embrace that. Whatever you're good at, man, just give it a shot. Even if you're not good at it. Sure. It doesn't even matter. I mean I mean I'm I'm not a good yeah. podcaster, yeah, but Val, we're doing it. Val and I put the, the board game Twitch on hold until I get the table. Okay. Because I I want it's so hard to get, you know, the the lighting decent. Yeah. And it, we so we want it, I want to get the table. As soon as I get the table, then we're gonna kinda roll things back up. Yeah. Um, and that should be coming this month. Nice. Yes. I nice. got, I got one of the shipping notifications. I'm excited for you. Oh, I really am. I'm, I'm excited for me. I, I'm excited for you. And I'm excited for Val because Val, you know, Val is, she's a super smart kid. Val's incredibly smart. I've always, you know, I've always found her to be very intelligent, very easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's. To see a, a young person embrace their crea- creativity and things that you that you that you really enjoy, yeah, I like that. I really like that, you know. And I wish you and Val all the success in the world. I hope you get. I hope you get a million followers that can monetize that shit. That would be that would be awesome. I would feel now, so good for you. My my whole goal of it, Val and I have slightly different goals. Mine okay. is mine is really just to kind of get the word out there yeah. of games that don't get played a lot. Right. You know, because if you go out, there are some content creators that I do enjoy. Yeah. But I have a hard time watching them because they play a lot of stuff that I don't own and probably won't own. And they get stuff sent six months before it gets released. Yeah. So it's like, how can I enjoy this? I've never... You know, but then there are other ones out there that play stuff that I own, stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, and I want to be, I want to, I want to fill in that one where it's like I'm playing stuff that is not new, is not popular, 
But here's what it looks like. Yeah. Val, <laughs> she she just wants to see somebody in a convention wearing one of her logos on a shirt. That I tell you what, that would be cool. That would be that would be really cool. Mm. You know, I I I'm actually thinking of doing some more content on my own. Yeah, I want to start doing some base covers, mm-hmm. and you know, some base cover videos for YouTube and things like that. I would like, and you know, Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to start throwing some base covers up there. You know, just songs that I enjoy. Like I started relearning Ruby Soho by okay. Rancid because it's just. Well, it's a cool freaking bass line, you know? It's a f- and it's a fun bass line to play. <laughs> and I have that sweet-ass Rickenbacker upstairs that I need to play. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as usual, we're all over the board, and I love it. Oh, yeah. We can't, we can't just play, you know, sit with one thing. It's like we get from one to another to another. No. And, and, and you know, that's what, that's the beautiful thing about this show. Yeah. And I've had people tell me that that's one thing that they enjoy about what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, it's because it, our show sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah. It's two friends sitting and just talking and mm-hmm. do uh, talking about whatever comes into our minds. Yeah. And that's, there needs to be more, conversations like that in the world yeah not every conversation has to have a full-blown argument no and there needs to be more just conversations yep you know yep and that that it converse the the art of the conversation is in a lot of it's in a lot of ways lost Mm -hmm. because and there's certain there's certain topics i won't talk about with most people yeah you know politics and religion I won't talk about with most people because I don't want it to degenerate into an argument. Yeah. I know I could talk about politics and religion with you Mm -hmm. because we're both intelligent enough and respectful enough that we're not going to start insulting each other. Right. And I don't want to bring that into this show. Yeah. Not only that, it's like almost almost what would be the point of discussing it because we're not going to change each other's minds on things. Exactly. So what is the point? But if you can, you know, you give me a movie recommendation... You know, I'm you know I'm not gonna sit here and say that's complete garbage and you're an idiot for liking it. Right. No, I'll watch it. And you know what? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. But I'll at least be honest with you about it. Right. Sometimes it's maybe good. Sometimes yeah. it's maybe shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do got a bit of homework for you for next week. Oh boy. Yes, I got a topic oh. that I want to talk about. That that's unheard of. A topic? Yes. <laughs> I got a topic I want to talk about. All right. Underrated bands. Okay. Didn't we do that one? Did we? I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking about it today because... Um, We've done so many. It's like, yeah. Maybe uh, we did underrated movies or underrated something, but underrated under, bands, okay. Yeah, I mean, because I was listening to... Uh, I was listening to... Before I got to Queensryche, before I got to Operation Mindcrime, mm-hmm. I was on a prog kick. All right. Okay. And... I was. I started with you know, okay. Let's listen to a little bit of Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. I listened to a little bit of Dream Theater, and then I listened to a little bit of Primus, and then I got a wild hair up my ass. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's listen to some Shadow Gallery. Oh wow! Yeah. So I listened to a couple of tracks off of Room Five and a couple of tracks off of Digital Ghosts, and in my opinion, that's one band that should have been way bigger than they ever were. Hmm. But yeah, I'd like to let's let's think about that for next week. 
Okay. Underrated bands. All right. And we could always throw overrated bands in there too. Oh, you mean you mean like Motorhead? By- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you want to get striked? <laughs> That's how you get striked. <laughs> Motorhead overrated. Sorry, I I don't know what made me say that. I am fucking heathen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, please forgive me. May let me come and slap you across the face. Oh, was, uh, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. That was, should have, that shouldn't happen. That but. shouldn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> overrated bands like Aerosmith. Actually, I think they're properly rated at this point. Yeah, kinda, kinda. All right, so. Nice talking to you about Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. I never thought that topic would ever come up. I mean, I'm I'm too big of a I'm such a big I don't I don't tra- a Trekkie Trekker or whatever they want to call themselves. I'm there. I enjoy it and I enjoy the content and I yeah. I mean, I I am one of those few people that doesn't pick apart all the new stuff. It's like just it's science fiction, man. Stop trying to put reality in science fiction. Right. The second word in the <laughs> genre is like pretty fucking important here. Yeah. Science fiction. Yeah. You know, it's fiction. Yeah. That's one of those when we were talking about those toxic fan bases. Yes. Oh, Star Trek people sometimes. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, uh, to throw it back to what something we talked about earlier. The pro re- the IWC, yeah, the internet wrestling community is absolutely toxic. Because mm-hmm. I was I was looking at some of the stuff about AEW, about the All Out show, and I enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I'm not an AEW fanboy. We've talked about this. Yeah, I pick I've picked a lot of what AEW does apart. Yeah, and I I basically a lot of it. A lot of the people that ripped it apart are Jim Cornette nut huggers. I'm a fan of Corny. I'm a yeah. big fan of Corny. Mm-hmm. However, I don't agree with a lot of what he said about, you know, about especially about All Out. Yeah. He picked it apart. I enjoyed it. But I think I think maybe I see the wrestling business differently than he does. I'm not stuck in 1987. Smoky Mountain Wrestling. <laughs> Don't hey, Smoky no, Mountain was some I, great shit. No, but I'm saying that that's like if whenever he rants about anything, he brings up SMW. He, he has to bring up Smoky Mountain and or some, Ohio Valley. Yeah, it's like he'll bring up something like that. It's like yeah, and I enjoy his content too. I love sometimes the rants that he kind of pulls off. Oh, I listen to the drive through and the experience every week. And the only difference between his rants and Jim Ross is Jim Ross has a has an accent. Yeah, it's like the rants are Jim Ross has. Uh, have some of the same issues as Cornette, but he says it with that drawl and that nice homey feeling, so it doesn't sound like you're being attacked. Right, and he, and, and, <laughs> and and yeah, and he and Jim Ross also throws in lots of ads for dick pills and Conrad scam mortgage <laughs> company and things like that, whereas Cornette throws in uh, throws in ads for Manscaped and <laughs> and Omaha Steaks and things like that. You know, you know who I think would be a fun, uh, fun to do a podcast. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he's under the WWE umbrella, so it won't happen. Yeah, imagine a Paul Heyman podcast. Oh, I love to hear just Paul Heyman's brain sometimes. Oh my God, uh, Heyman, Heyman did a series of one man shows at one point. Uh, mostly, they were over in England. Mm-hmm. 
I would have loved to have seen those. Heyman's another one that like seems probably seems like an unhinged know-it-all at certain points. The but mag- I mean, but I mean, you can't deny the success he he did. He's he's a New York version of Jim Cornette. Yeah, I mean, he is the reason the Attitude Era existed. Make no mistake. Oh no, no doubt. You know, it's like. WWE saw that and it's like, well, we got to do something with it. Well, yeah. I mean, WCW rated his talent. Yeah. You know, WCW, you know, picked his talent clean. Yeah. And started the Cruiserweight division. That yeah. was the seeds of the Cruiserweight mm-hmm. division. So it's it's amazing. I mean, he was so... The only problem he had was there was not a lot of money what he was doing. And I don't want to say there's no loyalty in the wrestling business, but... There's no loyalty in the wrestling business. It, it's not like, you know, someone like The Undertaker lasting that many years in one place... Yeah. ...is a rarity. A, a huge rarity. You know, it, it's... Uh, there's a thing on Peacock, mm-hmm. the uh, a documentary about the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. It's like 18 episodes. Was that one that was originally on the network? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that one. That was a beautiful... Oh, I love that they one. Did a, they did a... There's an episode there called Foundations of War. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the two guys that never wavered, Sting and The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was a rarity in yeah. the wrestling business because money talks. And these guys are independent contractors yep. for some fucking reason. And, you, yeah, you would have guys like Rick Rude showing up on both shows in the same night. Yep. Gotta love you being know, pre-taped. And, you know, I, I never understood... Speaking of that, like the signs that would come up, right? I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know what in the pre-internet eras when, you know, you would see a sign for like, you know, Ric Flair, like on Raw. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what did did they know? And then out comes Ric Flair. How did you know he was going to be here? Yeah. Well, it's it's like. It wasn't billed. When Jericho debuted. Yeah. How did everybody know? me included it was jericho yeah you know i I, because this was like you said this was before the internet was a big thing Mm -hmm. you know i mean you and i probably we were early adapters to the internet yeah you know i remember having aol and dial up yeah i remember (laughs) i remember dial up and i remember my first computer and having and going into muds and and yep it, yep you uh use you uh news groups newsnet and, and all that garbage yeah. everything was a different program yeah <laughs> we we were early adapters to it and the IWC was really in its infancy mm-hmm. but you still had the dirt sheets you had like the wrestling observer yeah. which i never subscribed to i never i never got the wrestling observer yeah but you know i there were some people especially in places like philadelphia mm-hmm. and new york where that was a big thing but now i mean there's the, there's no way to really keep a surprise anymore no um everybody knew adam cole and brian danielson were going to yeah. aew what we didn't expect is both of them to show up on the same night mm-hmm. i was uh, i was really shocked at it i thought they were going to save one till uh the toward the end of the month they have a stadium show in new mm-hmm. york in new york city I thought they would have saved one for that. But there's supposedly a few more in the pipeline. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, all right, let's close this out. Okay. Go out. Create content. Yeah. Find, do something you love. Talk to a stranger. Talk, yeah. I don't. <laughs> no, don't talk. Kids, don't talk to strangers. Don't listen to Uncle Bill. 
Did kids listen to this? Uh, a few. <laughs> I, I I know Jesse and a few of his friends too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, shit, talk to somebody. Find something you're passionate about, you know? Make it happen. Just have fun with it. Yeah. You know? so like what you like and don't be a dick. Exactly. That... Like what you like and don't be like Bill. Man, I can't believe you'd be that way. Well, I'm not the dick in this. What have I thing. ever made fun of? Why are you looking at me like that? What have you ever made fun of? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? We need to get off. Uh, we need to get done anyway because you have to go home and cry in your freaking beer because your Cowboys are going to get stomped tonight. Well, the game should be already happening. Yeah, it's the uh, kickoff, I think, was at 8 o'clock. Yep. I think they'll be okay, though. Uh, well, hey, FanDuel, Look, FanDuel it, set up a thing for, <laughs> to uh, to entice new members. Uh, if you in, if you join if you're a new join uh, new joinee to FanDuel, mm-hmm. they were giving the Bucks. Uh, they made the Bucks a 73 point dog. So basically, to win, all the Bucks have to do is not get outscored by 74 points against the hapless Cowboys. Well, well I found out today. I'm up against your kid. Yeah. And he has Dak Prescott, and I have the Buccaneers defense. So, I, I told him on the way in, don't take this ass with it personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think personally, I think I think the Bucks D is gonna rip Dak apart. Dak's not an elite. I don't want to see Dallas lose, but I just want points in fantasy. <laughs> Dak is not an elite quarterback. He is. He, he is. is not an elite. He's a quarterback. superstar. No, he's not. Superstar. You know how you know how you you know how you cripple the Cowboys? How? Take out Ezekiel Elliott. No. They're, they're done. No. No Zeke, no Cowboys. Oh, you're hurting me, man. You're hurting me. Right here. Even with C D Lamb and Amari Cooper. No no Dak no. or uh no Zeke. I I'm no. calling it now. Zeke I got haven't watched fat. I haven't watched any of the game. I'm calling it now, though. It's going to be Tampa Bay 3, Dallas 28. Book it. Done. No. No. <laughs> I bet you Tampa Bay's already got more than three on the board. I'm not looking. I have to wait. I'm having. I'm taping it. I'll wait till I get home. Okay. Well, send me, send me a picture of you in tears. I never cry. I just <laughs> shut the damn TV off. <laughs> oh. No. I'm- Dude, I'm I, I'm a Raiders fan. Uh, I know that reaction all too well. In fact, it may happen on Monday. No, I gotta. You know what the worst I think I gotta say is the worst thing about Dallas is, is those Sunday night and Monday night games when it's like eleven o'clock, almost freaking midnight, and Dallas is like down by three, and it's like seconds to go, and they're gonna do a hill. Just, just why do you have to just to just get stop screwing it up? Get ahead by a little, by something. Yeah. Let's well, not wait till the last play of the game. Yeah, well, welcome to life uh. as a Raiders fan. Uh, dude, we would have been a playoff team last year if we had a defense that wasn't giving up 35 a game. Mm. You know, it's hard to win football games when you're giving, when your defense is giving up 35 points a game. Mm-hmm. You know, even with, you know, Derek Carr last year finished top 12 in like every major quarterback statistic. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr is 
at the cusp of being an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, top eight, top 10 in most categories. He was top 12 in all categories last year. Derek Carr, if he had a defense on the other side of the ball, Derek Carr, we'd be talking about him the same way we talk about guys like Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott. Because Dak does get a lot of love. And the guy is a talented quarterback, but fuck him, he's a cowboy. <laughs> elite. He is not elite. Yeah. All right. All right. Enough football. Yes. Enough of this shit. I, I've had enough of you. <laughs> All right. Thank you for uh, tuning in. We really appreciate all of you. 100% appreciate you. Until next time, this has been Oh No Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. Later on, motherfuckers. Hey.